Welcome to Make and Decorate, a podcast for makers who like to sew, quilt, and decorate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Make and Decorate. This is episode 24, and it is publishing on Thursday, March 28th, 2019, and this happened to be my birthday week. Woohoo! Yes, my birthday was on a Monday. Oh, I do not like Monday birthdays. I can tell you that. But regardless, I made it the most that it could be because I had to work and all that. And uh, I got my birthday Starbucks drink, of course, that was free. And uh, so you can check out my Instagram because I posted. It's kind of like a tradition for me and my my little dog, Koopy. Uh, he gets his puppuccino and I get my birthday drink and uh, we're making a tradition out of it because I think this is probably like the third year that we've done it. Maybe even all four years that I've had him because he's he's been getting puppuccino since he was a baby pup. So yeah, a very nice birthday week and I got some cool stuff. I got um, a really nice gift certificate from my parents to the So Sweetness shop and I spent that immediately. I'm talking immediately. It was so funny because my mom texted me, well, I got this for you, but I don't know if I'm supposed to print it out or what, or if this code, if you just, you know, do it through email, the code works. And I'm like, give me that code and let me, let me try it. <laughs> it worked. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that was awesome. I got five uh, one-yard pieces of each of uh, the purple colorway of Tula Pink's new line, Pinkerville. It's so pretty. Um, I love the unicorns, and uh, purple is one of my favorite colors. So uh, really nice. And then I've got... Uh, some cork, of course, because you guys know I love cork. And I got a really nice, it's called light green, but it's actually kind of like um, a cross between a mint green and an aqua color, which uh, coordinates very well with this Pinkerville line. And I got the pearl charcoal color. It is really beautiful. I love that color. So, um, oh, and one other color I got, I it, it looked kind of cool. And especially kind of coming into the spring summer months, it's... um kind of, it's a light, it's a white faux crocodile. And it's really, it's really nice. It looks pretty high end. So I just got that in the happy mail. Uh, and um, I also got something else. I got uh, a vintage darning egg. It's beautiful. Um, so it came in just pristine condition, I thought I was actually going to use this because I follow a hashtag on Instagram, make do and mend. And um, there are some beautiful darning and mending projects that people post on there. So yeah, I'm getting into that. Uh, so I got that. And it's gorgeous. It has a sterling silver handle. And it's just carved beautifully, like a fine, you know, flatware um, handle. And then the egg part itself is wooden. And this one is kind of like it's an ebony finish. 
So it's um, really dark and um, very good condition. So I was happy I won that um, eBay bid. But um, I can tell that uh, it's kind of trending because, um, you know, people are definitely putting bids out there for these mending darning eggs. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I just, um, something I've never really heard of or knew what it was for. So I'm into it. Yeah, it's really cool. I also have a shout out to Hobbies Up to Here, the podcast Hobbies Up to Here. They just published their 100th episode. 100! Woohoo! Congratulations, Dory and Katie. Um, you guys have been doing this for what, the past four years. And, um, I just really enjoy their podcast a lot. They're very down to earth and real. And, um, so go check out their podcast. They were a guest on my podcast, my very first guest and, um, episode five. So check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, congratulations to them. I mean, my next episode will be episode 25 and I'm, I'm going to be like, yeah, 25, but they're like 100. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, so what else? Oh, yes. I just published a YouTube video and, um, it's on quilting tips. And so that baby quilt I've been talking about that I made just out of um, the five inch charm squares of Allison Glass's road trip fabric is is done. The top is done and um, I basted it together and I did a video on I did this um, little bit of ruler work just in the center motif of the quilt. But the video is not on that part. Uh, the video is on actually just some general quilt tips and that you will find useful. And um, on the serpentine machine um, quilt stitch, because I think that uh, serpentine, which is basically like a rounded zigzag stitch, it's curvy, um, is really a nice go to machine quilting stitch for baby quilts. Um, to me, it just looks like ribbons. And it's really pretty. And it's easy. And it's impressive looking. So check out my YouTube video. And when you, uh, if you and when you look at the video, please hit subscribe and like the video. I'm trying to increase the frequency that I post videos on YouTube and um, to uh, definitely, you know, add more subscribers. So yeah, check out my YouTube channel. It's Stephanie Socha, my name. So I got, I'm on the email list for Pink Castle Fabrics. They are an online fabric shop and um, on their, one of their recent emails, they had this um, new uh, fabric by Heather Ross, and um, they're actually um, panels, and it's called Trixie and Thomas. And they're um, it's you get a, a panel of this, and you can make little stuffed. They're Trixie and Thomas are mice, and um, cute mice. And there's a Trixie is the girl, and Thomas is the boy, and you make that. Each of them has an outfit that you can make. Then there is this beautiful tent that you can cut out and make and you put chopsticks in it um, for the them to play in. And then there's a quilt top and back. So 
I just think it's so, so cute. And the fabrics that are, well, I mean, it's a fabric panel, but the little <clears throat> fabric um, that is drawn onto the tent fabric and onto the quilt top and back are so adorable. It's just so cute. You can check it out. It's the Trixie panel by Heather Ross. All right. And the last thing here is that the day this publishes on Thursday, the 28th of March, the uh, International Quilt Fest, um, it's Quilt Festival show starts in Rosemont, Illinois, which is basically Chicago and at the convention center. So I am going on Thursday. So if any of you are in the Chicago area and you're planning to attend this show in Rosemont, uh, look for me. I actually had a shirt printed with the Make and Decorate logo on there. So I'll be wearing a purple sleeved raglan and the front says Make and Decorate with Stephanie Socha Design. Yay! There's also another format change to this particular show. Um, normally they do classes that you can sign up for. And when I went on there, I wanted to see what kind of classes were available and I'm clicking on it and nothing's happening. And I'm like, what is going on with your link? It doesn't work. And then I realized that, uh, only Houston is having the classes. So they changed it, at least for the Rosemont, uh, location that, Instead of classes, they are going to be doing these, well, what they call classes, but really I think they're just like mini um, demonstration classes uh, on the, the trade floor space um, in lieu of having classes. So I don't know. I'm just, just a little bit sad about that because only about eight years ago, I, I really took a lot of classes when these quilt festivals would come into town. And um, like one of them I did two in a row, two years in a row was this art quilt that you made with confetti. Um, it was called, it was like a confetti um, art quilt style where you used your rotary cutter and you like just rotaried the crap out of the fabric into these little teeny tiny confetti pieces. And then you sprinkled them on to the um, sticky seam seam background, and you just created this composition, and then you quilted it all together with tulle fabric on top that, you know, caught the confetti, and you just quilted it in place. I mean, it's such a cool technique. But it's sad because I guess, you know, these shows have been getting smaller and smaller, and it's just part of the trend. It's part of the trend of everything being available online, I guess. I don't know. But Anyway, um, I will, you know, try to catch a couple of those um, free classes that they're doing out in the open and see what that's like. And I'll let you guys know. All right. So I think that's it. That's all I've got for my segment one updates. Let me talk about um, the episode. I um, recorded this episode in February. And uh, I actually went to one of my local quilt shops called Thimble's Quilts, and they are in Lockport, Illinois, um, probably for me, like about a 45-minute um, drive. And um, 
It's in a nice, quaint um, little downtown area, like historic area, and the building that it's in is historic. A very nice quilt shop. They are a Bernina and Baby Lock dealer, and they have lots of fabrics. Um, they have everything. I mean, um, notions, tools, AccuQuilt dies, uh, the Kimberbell embroidery stuff. Um, and then upstairs is where we recorded this um, podcast. And in the upstairs is a huge space, um, hardwood floors, but really tall cathedral-like, I guess, vaulted ceilings. So, and then they're right across the street from the train <laughs> station. So, um, you will hear like some trains in the background. And then towards the end, um, people start shuffling in because there's a class that starts. Um, so we kind of had some limited time and, um, so there's a little bit of background noise. And the last thing about the sound is because of the high vaulted ceilings and the room is pretty much empty with just tables and chairs in it. I, I just really had to mess with the sound to get it, um, to not sound as echoey. It's as good as I could get it, but I still think it sounds pretty decent. Um, and anyway, it's a good conversation I have with, uh, one of the owners, a co-owner of the quilt shop, Tammy Newton, uh, with Thimbles Quilts in Lockport, Illinois. And at the very end, I have a blooper. When you do an in-person, it's, it's more complicated. And I had to bring in, you know, two microphones and it's a whole different setup on the computer. So I had my husband help me. And it was like a comedy of errors. It was hilarious. When I went back to listen to our test, our little test recording, <laughs> I was just, I was dying laughing. I don't know. I hope you find it funny, um, but let me know what you think. All right. Enjoy the episode. Today, I am on site actually in a quilt shop, one of our local quilt shops here in Chicagoland. I'm at Thimbles and I'm here with the quilt shop owner, Tammy Newton. Right, that's correct. Hi, I'm Tammy. One, I'm one of the shop owners. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought yes. you I thought you were the owner. No, we have um, <laughs> two owners here, myself and Tammy and uh, also Jane. Oh, all right. And Jane, and I think I saw Jane when I was here, in here last week. Yes, you were right, with Jane cool. when you picked up your number 72 ruler foot. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, and I tried it out the same day, so that oh, was awesome. We're going to get into that, the whole thing of like um, the, the machines and fabrics and everything. But first, I want to talk to you about your creative background. Like, I mean, were you, think back to like when you were a kid, did you? Did you have any like creative intuitions or, you know, you wanted to make things or craft things or did it come later in life? I'm I'm not really sure. When I think back to my youth, my mom would always um, craft a little bit. You know, we were doing macrame and I was a campfire girl. So we would do crafts in in, um, campfire girls. My mom was a leader. So we did a lot of things, a little uh, sampling of different kinds of crafts. When I was seventh grade, 
I think seventh grade, my mom took stretch and sew classes. And all of a sudden, every one of my outfits was a stretch and sew garment that she had made. So I had shorts and pants and tank tops and short sleeve shirts and long sleeve shirts and jackets. And they were all made out of the same fabrics so they could interchange with each other. So Hmm. I was really rocking that polyester look. The double knit, right? Oh, yeah. It was was (laughs) something. It was something. Um, and then yeah, when I got a little older, I actually might have been younger than seventh or eighth grade because I took my first sewing class about that time, oh. seventh grade. And it actually, um, I loved it. I made a bathing suit. I made two bathing suits. No way. Yes, I made a, um, a strapless bathing suit and one strap bathing suit. So I was like a little Tarzan. It was, wow. uh, oh, I was so proud. But I remember the, the, um, the elastic legs, the, the zigzag just wasn't quite right, but because anyway. uh, 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 you made it. Yeah, so I sewed a little bit, and then I made some skirts with Campfire Girls. We made our own uniforms. That was in um, high school, mm-hmm. and then when I was in college uh, in a sorority, we had to make a garment. We all had to wear the same thing, the same dress, so we were supposed to get the pattern, get the fabric, so we matched to make make our dresses. So I made my own dress. And um, so that's pretty much my sewing background. But I would say that, you know, it just touched in on little crafts along mm-hmm. the way. Okay. All right. And then, um, so what led you to become an owner of a quilt shop? And when did you find quilting? <laughs> so my business partner, Jane, and I were friends. Uh, both of our girls, both of our, we have two daughters each. And they're the same ages. Oh, okay. So both girls were older girls, both older girls and both younger girls were were in Girl Scout troops and in the same troops. So we would always go see each other when we were waiting to pick up kids or um, or when we were going on field trips. We'd both be, you know, moms helping with the driving. And when the little girls finally made it into first grade and we had our whole day to ourselves, she said, you know what? Let's do something. Now that we're going to have all this free time, I found a store in Lockport, Illinois, where we can take quilting classes. Let's take quilting classes. And there were four friends. It was Jane and I and two other friends. And we came to Thimbles every Wednesday. And we took, from 10 to noon, we took some quilting classes. And so we started doing that in maybe... 2000 okay in the fall of 2000 and um yeah so we started quilting and i loved it and then after a while we would get together and just bring our sewing machines to each one's house and we would sew on a particular day it was nice to get together with your friends yeah Cool. So, so symbols existed before you even it, took it, ownership. It was uh, owned by a previous owner, and about two thousand and three, it was. It was exactly two thousand three in October. Uh, we were the four girls. The four of us were going on a shop hop. We had a shop hop in the area, and when we were in the shop, on the shop hop. No, I back up. On Tuesday, prior to that, we were at the guild meeting, and our owner of Thimbles said she was closing the store. Oh. And we were devastated. That yeah. was that was our that was our 
place. You know, we finally get released from our families with the kids going back to school and we used to come to Pimbles. Mm-hmm. And um, she said she was going to close. So we ended up on the shop hop that whole time. The four of us were in the car. We talked about, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she's closing. What are we going to do? Well, you know what? Then we would, why don't we do this? And what if we did that? And what if she did this? And what if she did that? Maybe she'd still be in business if she did those things differently. Mm -hmm. And by the time Jane got home that night, she said, she called me up. What if we do it? What if we go to owner and see if she'll sell it to us? Because she had no intention of selling. She was going to close her doors. So we talked to the other two friends that we were um, in, on the shop hop with, and all four of us met with the previous owner, and she said, I just had no plans on selling, but, you know, if you have a good offer, we'll, I'll consider it. And she did. So that was in October. We signed the paperwork to create our own corporation on December 31st of, De- of 1203. No, I'm sorry. Two, oh, December, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, on December 31st of 2003. Wow. We had our grand opening in February, February 6th of 2004. Okay. And that is our anniversary. We just celebrated our 15-year anniversary. I know. This is so awesome. So the two, the other two friends decided this wasn't their, they weren't interested in owning the business. So it just was Jane and I. And so we've been together for 15 years running Thimbles. That's pretty amazing. It is. It's really cool. It's very cool. And one of the things that's interesting about the building, I don't know if you know this, Stephanie, mm-hmm. the building was built in 1870. Mm-hmm. It's one of the original buildings that's on um, downtown Lockport, right. the historic district. Yeah. And the Thimbles, the quilt shop, is only the third tenant in the building. Really? So for 15 years, when they first opened, where the building was first built, it was a dry goods store. Mm-hmm. So I always like to say, think of Little House on the Prairie and Mr. Olson's um, dry goods store and right. that's what it is we still have the original sliding ladders in the back of the store yes i love and that there's a lot of old cubbies that used to be there and after 15 years then it became hardware store okay and it was a hardware store for a very long time until 1995 when our landlord purchased the building re um, furbished it, and mm-hmm. the quilt shop moved in in 2000. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's really unusual for a building that's 140 years old. Mm-hmm. I can't do my math in my head. Yeah, that's pretty rare. To only have three tenants. Right. So right. the integrity of the building is I was just going to say that. The integrity is definitely here. I've always noticed that when I come in, I just appreciate, like I'm looking at an architectural element right now of a column and the carved um, corbel um, on top of it. So, and it's like that downstairs too, amongst all the fabrics. I we mean, have the original wooden floors. It's really pretty. So when somebody's walking around on the second floor, you could hear them downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> we have the original tin, tin roof mm. on the first floor of mm-hmm. the tin ceiling. And the reason we have the tin ceiling ceiling still attacked it's because there's a floor above it so there's no water damage that's ever attacked that first floor ceiling so it really is nice yeah really nice it's a pretty solid building too because uh the only thing for the modern day is just that cell phone uh reception (laughs) it's not the greatest in here but that's okay because we're shopping so that's right that's right and we uh we just it's so funny we 
you know, we're in an old building, so to have it updated with the internet and the computer system, we just had a, our, our internet provider in yesterday, and they were, you know, they're always running wires, they're like, where are we going to go? How are we going to do that? <laughs> yeah, we're, right. we're, we're trying desperately to make sure we're up. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Because that's really important now. I mean, mm-hmm. so you you have had a really long run at this quilt shop, and I feel like it's very successful, and um, it's very rare today because, you know, um, I think that um, brick-and-mortar <laughs> quilt shops are, are having a hard time um, trying to stay in business in the world of technology right. where everything can be found. I, I've dealt with it, too, in, in interior design. Uh, the internet, anybody can buy anything product on the internet. So I think the, the similar tie that binds like the businesses that I came from and, and the quilt business is just that sure they can get product anywhere, but first of all, do they know how to put it together, what to do with it? You know, the know-how. So then the, the years of expertise right. that say a designer or, you know, one of your, you know, um, several of your, I mean, I think all of your, I, I don't know if I've met everyone, but Sherry, Joyce, Jane, those are the three I've mostly dealt with in you, are super knowledgeable, and I rarely see that when you walk into any old cold shop. Right. So, so um, that's that's very, I think that's one of your biggest assets, yes, right? Yes. So, so it is very difficult for a brick-and-mortar store to succeed in this world. Things are changing quickly with technology, very quickly. And if a, if a store, a brick and mortar store, doesn't adapt to what people want, they're not going to make it. They're not going to succeed. What we've, just, what we've kind of found is that people want a community. Mm-hmm. And we try to have that here. We try to create a community or sense of community. When somebody comes in, we, we try to get to know the customer, we try to know their name. We'll ask you when you when you're checking out, what is your name, mm-hmm. and try to remember that as they come back. And um, we try desperately to interact with our customers on a one-on-one basis. What are you working on? Do you need any help with that? Mm-hmm. Um, we have no problem at all helping select fabrics, um, helping them find perfect kits. We teach mm-hmm. all kinds of cl- classes. And in our classes, we found that people want to learn techniques. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do the same thing over and over. They don't want to make another quilt and then the next class make another quilt. They mm-hmm. want to learn a technique. They want to have something that they, maybe they want to learn how to paper piece or they want to make sure they know how to make the perfect half square triangle or um, they want to be challenged a little bit. Um, we have bag classes. So mm-hmm. we have now a beginning bag series where the instructor is going to start very basic with a very simple bag, and then you're going to learn a technique. She's going to focus on a technique each time she teaches a new bag. Mm-hmm. So you learn how to put in a zipper, or you learn which handle works best for you and different ways to put a handle in, um, how to work with cork, how to work with waxed canvas. Mm-hmm. So it's different, um, different classes that we offer. And then we also have clubs. And again, the sense of community. People want to be a part of that community. They want to be able to bring in their show and tell and have somebody be excited about Mm -hmm. it. 
I had a, a one of our club members was coming all the time. She had daughters that were probably late 20s that were sewing, maybe early 30s. And she brought them to the club meeting and they had made a bag. So, well, come on up, show us your bag. And and um, when they showed their bags, everybody's response was, ooh, wow, <laughs> that is really nice. And they sat back down next to their mom and they said, now I know why you come. Because we don't get that same response out of our husbands or out of dad. You right. Know. It's right. Just, yeah. The people that sew know what you've gone through. Yes. They know how difficult it is to pick the right fabrics. They know mm-hmm. how difficult it is to get the bag to look nice. Right. And to finish. Mm-hmm. You know. So mm-hmm. we're really definitely a support system here. Yeah, and I've noticed that. I mean, I came here years ago um, for the first time, and I still remember that trip here because when I came into the building. I was greeted very warmly and, um, you know, they said hi and they weren't, they weren't like salesy high and, you know, just wanting to like get the sale and have me, sent me on my way. It was very different. You could really feel it when you step in. I think everybody that's here that works here likes to be here. Yes. Um, you can the, tell. One of the, um, staff that works here her name's Kara she's been here since the beginning she was our first our first staff member so oh. she's been here for almost 15 years yeah. and um, she was long arm quilting before she came on her own and um, she gives all kinds of advice that's she's mm-hmm. and I think that each customer that comes in they might have a favorite staff member that they relate to and they might want Kara because she likes to pink and <laughs> Allison Glass and they might want Joyce because she's more a little more traditional mm-hmm. and she does Kimberbell and um, yeah so yeah it's really cool mm-hmm. so I mean it's not often that you remember that going into and I've been into a lot of quilt shops you know and anywhere like if I go out of state or whatever I went to my sister-in-law lives in um, Canada um, an hour and a half north of Toronto, and then we went even further up into their cottage country, and I visited whatever quilt shops I could find. There was one. that I visited a few, but out of that handful, there was only one, and it was similar to yours. And there were people there sewing and working on projects. It was a very similar vibe, so I love that. And that quilt shop was in a cottage country mm-hmm. where it's not urban, it's not, but they were busy. Right. People yeah, want people want to be there. And the same thing here, because this location is, I mean, it's 30 miles from me. So, and then from Chicago would be another 10, like eight miles. Mm-hmm. So close to 40 miles. So, I mean, it's really like, I have to take a trip to come out here. And well, I'm sure. To, yeah, we try to make it worthwhile. If you're, yeah. We're a destination location. Right. And if you don't have that experience, you're probably not going to come back. Oh, it's for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean. I'm, at least I'm talking about myself because that would be my reaction. <laughs> but um, but also you cater to other like you you started to talk about other types of sewing, so um, like bag making you talked about, and then I saw on your calendar because you do have on your website a posted calendar, mm-hmm. and so there's some garment classes. Me? So the funny story behind that is that every time Jane and I have not missed a quilt market since we've been in business. So twice a year we go to Houston in the fall or another location in the spring. And almost every year we come back as 
garment makers, and I'm going to throw my hands <laughs> up there and make quotes around that, because we get so excited at the garments that we see, or the new fabric that we found, whether it's rayon or, or cotton lawn or um, double gauze or knits, and just, <laughs> we come back every, every month, and, we're garment makers. Well, maybe <laughs> two years ago, we had a class, um, and we made a Sorry, Lori, I'm messing up because I know <laughs> it was Lori's class, and she and you make you make this dress, and it, it and you adjust it to your body so that you know what your measurement changes are with every garment. So if you have sloping shoulders, you know that every time you oh, you, pattern, you made a sloper. That's what I made. Thank you very much. The, the word just escaped me, and we made slopers. Cool. And um, it was a great class, and when the girls that took the class, came out with their, even their muslin sloper, it was amazing how much better they looked in their sloper that fit them than their custom-made clothing that they, not custom-made, I'm sorry, other than their clothing that they purchased at the, at the store. Right. So we looked a little bit deeper into other classes. Lori taught some more classes. Lynn taught a couple of, of garment tops. Um, and then we found Lindsay Marsh who was from Australia, and her patterns are called Fit to Flatter. Oh, and we said, you know what, I love this girl. Let's, I talked to her at Quilt Market. I went to a schoolhouse where she was able to um, have a, a more intimate conversation with some of the shop owners. I said, I think this could work. And what Lindsay does, Fit to Flatter, is she works with um, knit, knit no, I'm sorry, not knits, um, quilt weight cottons. Mm -hmm and cottons and fabrics that quilt shops carry. So we talked to her and, um, about coming to our store, and we filled the class. There are people that want to make garments. So um, it was an exciting time. Jane and I both took the class. We both completed a top. I started a second one and hadn't had the time to finish. But most of the people that were in the class made two garments during that class time. Wow. And I believe it was only a two-day class. So we asked her back again. One of the other classes she taught at that time was how to work with leather. Oh, I love and it. And we've never had a class like that before. So she would bring, I think they were goat hides, really soft, mm -hmm. supple, brilliant colors. She had a bright orange and a bright red, and she had a metallic gold fabric. And she brought all those leathers with her to the class and taught everybody how to make a bag. So we've asked her back. She's coming in April. Cool. And um, we've added, um, we called it Fit to Flatter was the first class. We've added Fit to Flatter too. And um, we're looking into having more garment makers at the class. We actually just had a class this weekend on Saturday. Lori taught that one, and it was with Pamela's Patterns is the name of that pattern that she taught. And... Um, Pleated, flowy pleated top was the name of that mm -hmm. one. So it's a little bit longer, covers up your hips, mm -hmm. and it had a pleat in the back. It was really, mm. the women in that class loved it as well. So, oh, cool. Yeah, we're trying to get a little bit more into other things. So right. Garments. We have a, a bag classes. The bag lady, <laughs> sorry, Lynn, um, the teacher that taught the bags, she did a class on waxed canvas because she thought that would be fun. And uh, that class filled up. Mm -hmm. They loved making, taking 
regular canvas and putting wax on it. And then they had a class afterwards where they actually made a bag using your waxed canvas. Mm-hmm. She's taught classes with cork. I love cork. Oh, cork yeah. is so fun. And and there you're going to see more styles of cork. So and when it first came out, you saw a regular natural cork. Mm-hmm. And there was a black cork. Then the colors came out. Then they started putting some gold or silver underneath the cork. Right. Now we saw the last quilt market we were at printed with prints on them. Yes. So, yeah, they're Those are really, pretty. It's going to be a pretty exciting to see what Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's really cool. You you go you still go to both markets mm-hmm. every year. So you're really on top of, you know, what's trending and, you know, what to keep your, you know, customers coming back to new and exciting things. Right. So that's all part of that overall business plan mm-hmm. to keep your keep your business going and keeping it fun. And fresh, I think too, because you really do have to stay. Even though you know, I think your your, your shop, you know, tends toward traditional and fabrics. You still have a, a a good amount of modern and, like you said, Allison Glass, Tula Pink, um, and that. I was in the other day asked for art gallery fabric. <laughs> yeah, we have, so you have some we of that have coming some in. Art gallery coming. And what's hard with fabric purchases is, I believe trying to think when we, a lot of times we order fabric in October at Quilt Market and we get it the week before May market or the week after May market. That's crazy. So it takes forever for the fabrics to come in. Yeah, I noticed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have some Allison Glass, I'm sorry, not Allison Glass, our gallery on order, uh-huh. but I couldn't tell you when it's coming in. Right. Because we may plan for it to be here in February, and it may come a little early because mm-hmm. unexpectedly, or mm-hmm. it may come later. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy because you you go to this market six months or so in advance, and you don't even get to see this fabric it again was crazy. for a while. We would, um, when we first opened, we would get boxes delivered, and we'd be so excited because it was like Christmas every day. <laughs> and we'd say, What's in there? And occasionally we'd go, Huh. Who ordered that? <laughs> I've never seen that fabric before in my life. Well, Jane and I are the only ones that order, so of course we've seen it. And what were we thinking? What <laughs> what were we supposed to do with this? Why right. did we only order, you know, three pieces? Or why did we order the whole line? Why did we order ten pieces? What what were we thinking? So we finally get smart and now <laughs> we put our thoughts on paper and attach yeah. it to the purchase order. So when it finally does arrive, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's mm-hmm. smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you already talked about one. I wanted to ask you what fabrics are popular now. So printed cork would be one of those. Mm-hmm. And what else do you see coming down the pipeline? As that's going to be popular. Um, the little tiny. Um, I don't know if you call them Chinese. Where they're little tiny figures and they're all over the fabric. Oh Maybe a little yeah, on fabric or. Um, I was looking, I took a fabric home to um, work on a sample. It had little tiny ducks all over it. Mm-hmm. Um, directional fabrics where everything's all printed in the same. That could be a problem for some of the quilters. Yeah. But if you're making a garment, maybe right. it's such a big deal. Right. Yep. Or purse. But yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I I have... um. The, a lot of the Elsa Glass that her road uh, trip fabric, mm-hmm. and some of them are directional. And I'm just making a simple 
baby quilt with the charm squares and I put some of them upside down. So I'm like, oh, I, right. have to, <laughs> I have to turn it around. And I was, when I laid it out on the design board, it was very careful and everything was fine. But when you start flipping things and doing the, the chain piecing, right. sometimes that like messes There's me up. There's a push by a lot of the quilt shop owners for, to, to tell the designers, we really do want to have non-directional fabric. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easy to do. You just have to flip or toss your yeah. your animals or your flowers instead of them all being she does have most of them like the strawberries they're going both directions mm-hmm. just those little tents those are the ones that are definitely like you can tell if it's upside down or that shielded bird the statement pat print right. yeah <laughs> but it's i i see why they do it because they they are they definitely i know allison glass is one of them where like in in their inspiration books or whatever they they have all the genres, bags, clothing, quilts made out of their fabrics. So they're hitting mm-hmm. all the all the markets, mm-hmm. which is exciting because, I mean, that's one of the things I think that technology and the Internet has brought us is, like, access to so many more just interesting kinds of substrates and fabrics, like the, the goat leather and the cork and, you yeah, know, absolutely. rayons. Absolutely. I work with a group of... Um, women at our church it's the mops group mothers of preschoolers and they are sewers and they're young moms and they want to sew and they are absolutely loving knits Mm -hmm. and knits was something that always scared me and (laughs) i made a knit top with them and i couldn't believe it was so simple and they are constantly talking about different types of knit fabrics Mm -hmm. we did bring some new knits in the store we weren't supposed oh, to get them until April, but they shipped early. Oh. Um, but yeah, we and I'm pretty sure we still have some. I'm going to look at those today because <laughs> the the knits today too, I think, are a little bit easier to sew with because they put a little bit of that um, elastane, like li- uh, the lycra, lycra yeah. Mm-hmm. In it, so I and it keeps its shape a little better and stuff. So yeah, it's it's fun. I like that. So um, yeah, those are the popular what you see coming down the pipeline in the future. Um, okay, I want to talk about you're also an authorized Bernina and Baby Lock dealer. Yes, we are. And you have a lot of your well, your your shop is fairly big, I would say, because you know. I've been in a really teeny tiny. Yeah, we have 2,400 square feet of showroom space. Mm-hmm. So we call it that because it's on the first floor. The second floor is our classroom. It's exactly the same size. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two small offices up here, one for our technician and one for um, Jane and our bookkeeper. But the rest of the room is just classroom space. So yeah, do, and it's gorgeous. Have a very large. You do. Space. Um, and mm, maybe a quarter of that space downstairs is dedicated to the sewing the machines. sewing machines mm-hmm. okay all right yeah and uh so, and you have a very nice huge uh, um assortment. assortment of machines to show people and and from all price points you don't have just the luxury right. <laughs> and we have tag 99 machines. Dollar, uh, machines from Bernina and from Baby Lock both. And then there's a couple others. So the very basic is $99. And then it moves up a little bit uh, if you wanted to get into an electronic sewing machine. They start maybe at $4.99, maybe $3.99. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, we have the 
the baby lock Solaris that's at $20,000. I know. We're going to talk about that. And we have the Bernina 880 that's in the $12,000 price point. Yeah. We have multi-needles um, for the baby lock, you know, for quick embroidery. Embroidery? Okay. Oh, and that's another thing. Back to what's trending. Yeah. Embroidery is big. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. And we could talk about that, too. We should back up because... I Kimberbell is huge here. Um, it is huge here. And I, when I was at a retreat last fall, the person that sat across from me, I think she comes here. Um, of course, I'm Cindy is her name, but uh, she w- does a ton of the Kimberbell, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I think she comes here. But I, I don't know. Yeah, she I have probably to. does. We're yeah. Here. Definitely one of the bigger Kimberbell stores. I had not bigger heard of that until I met her. Yeah, so. actually in the nation. So um, Joyce was one of the very first staff members. She went to the very first or the second um, Kimberbell retreat. So you actually go and you get certified to allow you. you go, she went to Utah to, uh-huh. the Kim, to the Kimberbell home office and stitched for four week, four days and maybe a week. I don't know. She was gone a long time. And they teach her all these great techniques for teaching and teach her about the, the program. And she came back on fire. <laughs> She's really taken it and gone with it. So they have um, retreats, basically, where you come here for three days, two or three days, depending on the program, and just work on... Um, maybe it was a Valentine's Day theme, or it was Fourth of July theme. There was a Thanksgiving theme, mm-hmm. and then Joyce is doing other things too, where she's doing um, just a sew-in, where you can come and just sew and work on Kimberbell stuff. Mm. So you're sharing all of this like mm-hmm. information with other people. We could have easily 25 people up here with machines because our sewing room is so big. And and what Kimberbell is is um, it's machine embroidery. And they are um, like designs. So the Kimberbell makes these designs, but some of these designs are pretty amazing. Like what I saw with the the person that was across from me, she was showing us pictures. And um, there's embroidery around clear vinyl. And inside of that clear vinyl, they put little pieces of fabric and it was kind of like a little snow globe. Um, She's done stuff where you can chenille, so you might have a little chenilled um, pot holder to create a pot holder. Or maybe it's just a chenille design that's on the quilt or in the block or on the project. She does, but it's not always a quilt project. Right. It might be a zipper pouch. Right, yep. There's our train. (laughs) I know, we're right right across the street from the train station because we're in the little downtown Historic downtown Lockport. <laughs> Sometimes we have to take a break from from giving instruction, which is, you know, the train has priority. Uh, but Kimberbell does. She's very innovative. And she now came out last fall with some glitter sheets. So mm-hmm. now it's vinyl with glitter on it. And then after she came out with that, 
she came out with polka dot vinyl. So mm -hmm. there are, and we thought for a long time that it was like green with white polka dots or red with white polka dots, but it's actually holes that she's punched in the vinyl. So whatever fabric or color you have underneath the vinyl shows oh, through. That is innovative. And it is really, um, she, she's just clever. She just has. I, I was just blown away when I saw what this person was making mm -hmm. with, uh, from the Kimberbell. I mean, and, and she was just, I mean, I think she could be an instructor herself because she does that. She does so much of it, and she did all these mixed media things. When I think of machine embroidery, I just think of you know, it's like the oh, satin design. stitch right. design. Right. And I I got into machine embroidery a long time ago with um, my first baby lock at that Allure Plus, and mm -hmm. um, it does. I mean, I still use it. It does a really great job on embroidery. But this Kimber bow, I was just like, what is this? This is crazy. Yeah, she's, she's very cute. Really cute. So I'm going to put that in the show notes for sure, the Kimber bow, because, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I was, like, under a log, but I just found out about this in September. So. <laughs> For, are you going to go to the Rosemont show? I did just go to a show at Rosemont, not sewing or whatever, but I went to Elton John. <laughs> oh, <laughs> his wow. farewell tour. Yeah, he is, I went to see Cher. <gasps> I think that was last week. She was at the United <gasps> Center. I love her. I've, I've seen her one time. It was about 10, 4, 15 years you know, ago. Some of those greats, you have to. It's amazing. You have to see him because you don't know how much longer Cher's You don't. 72. I know. You don't. And he's 70, 71, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And um, I know some of those guys, like the Rolling Stones, keep saying their their farewell <laughs> tours, and they keep coming back. But I I do I feel like Elton, like he was just like this is it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was super. It was great. It was so so good. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, okay, Kimberbell. Okay, so what made you decide? Did you did you decide you and Jane to carry Bernina and Baby Lock, or did they you get approached or? I always wonder, like, how shops partner up with these. It's all different. So when we first opened in 2004, we wanted sewing machines. And we were calling everybody, oh. all of the companies, to see if we could get a sewing machine dealership. And nobody would have us. Really? And I think a lot of that just has to do with they're looking for stability. Yeah. They want to make sure that whoever they associate with is stable enough. Because you don't want to put a dealer in an area and have them last only for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. So in 2007, we felt like we were pretty stable. That was three years later. And we pushed again to, towards Bernina. And um, they had to push. We had to push hard. We had some very strong Bernina dealers in the area at the time. And... We had to prove that there was nobody in our area that that we had business that we could that we had the business to support mm -hmm. another Bernina dealership, and they accepted us in 2007, and we were Bernina dealers for a number of years. Um, and then we thought, you know, we need to offer our customers something else. At that point, Bernina didn't have a lot in the low end price range, mm -hmm. so we did some research to try to determine what would be the best fit. We don't want to be, we don't want to have every brand. Right. How do you tell the customer that this machine is better than that machine when you have four or five different brands? So we did some research and we determined that um, Baby Lock was going to be the best fit for us. 
They have wonderful surgers, wonderful education, and that met up with our um, our philosophy, our business philosophy. I always felt like Bernina had a wonderful um, website for education, and Baby Lock has a very good education team as well. Mm-hmm. So those were things that we were looking at when we were um, looking to expand. Okay. And I can't remember when we got Baby Lock. Um. But we've had it for a number of years. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And it's, it just so happens that that's like my combination of machines that I've had. I, I, I do have. Mm-hmm. And I love, I have the Ovation Serger and I absolutely love it so, so much. It's so <laughs> nice. It is so nice. Yeah. And then um, uh, the Allure Plus and Baby Lock. And I think Baby Lock, this is my personal opinion, but, you know, I started, well, I started a long time ago on a FAF and it, it was just, I didn't do well with it because, but it had the dual feed on mm-hmm. there. And that's what attracts me to Bernina because it's got that dual feed. And that's what I started sewing on. <laughs> but the machine just always broke. That fast was just, it just happened to be just, I'm, nothing about the deal, the, the brand itself, but it was just, I just happened to get a bad machine. And so I moved on and then I was very shy to even invest because that was a thousand dollar machine. Right in 1999 and yeah so then I went to brother and I just got like a $500 basic machine and that worked pretty well Mm -hmm. then I saw embroidery and then I started getting into quilting then I discovered baby luck and I still love baby luck I feel like their machines low end to high end are really good quality and they're easy to use and when you're looking for a dealer too when you're looking to buy a sewing machine, I should say, you really should be looking at the dealer. You want to be able to bring your machine in and get service. You need to get answers. If you have a question, um, how do I, you know, what, I keep having the same issue over and over again with my mm-hmm. machine. Why? You yes. Know, like you with your machine, your original FAF, you should have been able to take it to the dealer. They should have been able to fix it. We, yeah, yeah, we did bring it back. But here's the difference, though. He was a sewing vacuum shop, mm-hmm. and he sold all, like you said, all the brands. Mm-hmm. I don't think he had a loyalty to any one of those. And I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that I should be able to. Because now in hindsight, I bet if I even just went to FAF, they probably would have helped me out. But there I didn't know. so many times, too, when we can, um, a customer can call in and say, I'm having this issue with my machine, and we can help them over the phone. Yeah, you that's know, we awesome. Have, um, we have a sewing machine technician that's been servicing sewing machines for a long, long time. He started actually at Bernina in the technical department. That's so we have that's a awesome. very experienced technician. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You do. Because, you know, recently I purchased a machine from you because <laughs> my beloved Bernina 820, um, I, I, I think I accidentally fried it with <laughs> leaving it on mm-hmm. and we had a storm mm-hmm. and got a power surge. That's the only thing I could come up with. And he, and he could too because he looked into the machine. Yeah. Yeah, there's a class coming in here, so we gotta we gotta wrap it up. Okay, so but I love machines, so I love talking about them. So that's about. So you were talking about the technicians, and it's true because um, to have a to have a dealer that backs you up and supports you, and you know, gives you it makes you feel good about your investment. 
and it makes you want to um, like really just keep coming back and be loyal to the shop. It's right. like you're loyal to we each offer, other. We offer classes on the machines so you learn how to use them. In fact, that's the class that's getting ready to start. They're uh-huh. learn, um, they've already purchased their machine, and they're going to learn how to use their embroidery portion of that. Machine. Yeah, that's fantastic mm-hmm. because, uh, I mean, the especially, you know, the, the more sophisticated the machine, the more you need these classes because the manual no, does not tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Uh, in depth to, on like the features. I told you earlier in the conversation, we try to have classes that will help you continue to use your yes. machines. Yes. So the serger classes um, with baby locking, those machines have a million feet that you could use. And the same with Bernina. They have a, there's so many different feet mm-hmm. that you could use and different techniques that you can do. We yeah. try to have classes that are conducive right. to that. Right. And uh, and Bernina, I like too, because they do a great marketing themselves to bring us in to see you, mm-hmm. um, especially on YouTube. So that's how I, I did my, I always do my research ahead of time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about, but you know, I, I watch the Bernina vi- YouTube videos mm-hmm. on the 72 ruler mm-hmm. foot. I watched them use, I already knew what Joyce was going to show me because <laughs> watched the video that the girl used every single ruler and I said but I only came in for like the one ruler and Joyce but let me show this to you <laughs> she's good really excited yeah yeah so it was awesome so um yeah uh I, I think that um it, it's good that you have you know from low end to high end and you've got that mid arm from Bernina down on the floor too um which is awesome I actually tried that out at the quilt show a uh, couple years ago. Oh my gosh, it like stitches like butter. And um, you already talked about how do you educate with all the classes, full calendar of events. And um, oh, the only the last question I have is um, if Bernina and Baby Lock ever do events in your shop yes. to so educate. So whenever that happens, the dealer is sponsoring that okay. event. And we have been in touch with Michelle Umloff, who is a baby lock educator, and we have her on the schedule to come. She's going to talk about the new IQ designer, which is the technology that baby lock has put into their newer machines. Okay. So the Destiny had it, the Destiny 2 has it, and the Solaris has it. Okay. We've spoken to... Um, We've scheduled an OESD event, which is Oklahoma Embroidery Designs. I don't know, OE, Oklahoma Embroidery Studio Designs. And they're going to be coming in the fall. I don't remember if that was September or October timeframe. And when they come in, we'll probably be using some Bernina. Oh, cool. Nice. Very nice. And then, okay, I do have another one. Um, the, the high-end baby lock, that Solaris, mm-hmm. came out like in August, mm-hmm. September, and it does have like, you know, a car price tag on it, but it's amazing. Oh, yeah. It is. It is really It has a projector. Uh-huh. So, what? That's all right. That's all right. We can have a little background the, noise. That machine has a projector. It has a scanner. It will, oh, it's really not even a scanner. It's more of a video. Um, it, re- it is a video. It's a, it's a camera. Camera. It, it reads and scans. So you can scan in a picture and turn it into a embroidery design. That's crazy. It is incredible. I know. It's so amazing. And, and then the camera projects your design onto your project. So yes. <laughs> the other day, I, my um, daughter was creating a baby quilt for her girlfriend who's getting married. Not baby quilt. Oh. 
wedding. Wedding clothes. <laughs> girlfriend that's getting married. And she wanted to put an embroidery design on the center of the quilt. So I was able to bring in a very large, um, a very large ladder that was on um, a monogram, a very large monogram, and bring it in and project it onto the quilt so that it could be perfectly centered. Oh, that's and awesome. Really, really cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to get that out there because it's just a, a really awesome, awesome machine. So, with a ton of technology <laughs> that hopefully won't go obsolete in another year. <laughs> That's the only thing I worry about with those high techie, techie machines. But um, thank you so much for your time. I really enjoy talking with you and coming back to your quilt shop and being up here. I, um, so, I'm just going to, like, do if you don't mind, take you know, little pictures and videos throughout your store so I can put them in my show notes. So, um, and all the links to your, whatever links you want to your shop and classes and that sort of thing. And um, this little it, town of Lockport, if pe- people come, do they travel in to do your retreat classes? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we have a lot of people that do travel in just for the class. So they might, um, there used to be a candy store. A lot of people would come and go to the candy store, but there it's Hollingworth Candies. But now they've moved and they're up the street a little bit, so they'll come here and then they'll go to Hollingworth Candies. Okay, all right, good. I'm going to put that in there because maybe also, we can. Um, the museum, uh-huh. the Illinois State Museum, one of the branches is right two two buildings down from us. Oh, and that um, museum rotates its exhibit every, I think it's every six months. It may be even more oh, nice. than that. And about every two years, there's a quilt exhibit in there. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. All right. So I'm going to put all that information in, in case um, anybody wants to visit from out of town or even out of state. Um, you know, it's a nice town to visit. You don't have to pay for parking like you do in the city, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> and it's easy to kind of navigate around and drive around. So it's a really nice, pleasant little little town. All right. So um, that's all for... Tammy Newton and me here at Thimbles. Thank you so much. <laughs> what is so funny? This is professional setup. Okay, it's very professional. Yeah, I'm talking and I can hear my microphone just fine. Can you hear my microphone just fine? Uh, no. Oh, and you're not recording either. Because you got to hit the record button on both of them. I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You got to hit it on both. Now. And both the tracks are showing up. So there. How do I know that they're both showing up? Because I got two red. Alright, why well, can we didn't have the two red before? Okay. Just knock it off. Wouldn't that suck if you did the whole podcast? No, because I would see that it's not recording both bars. How many podcasts have I published so far? I don't know. Twenty? Twenty one. That was pretty close. <laughs> So, All right, that's enough to check. I, Let's try this next one. That's it. No, that's not it. I'm done. Show. No, don't turn that. Pause it. Why are we doing the talking? Joe, tell people what you're, where they can find you on Instagram. I'm <laughs> not telling people anything. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. You can find me on Instagram at stephanie.sota.design and also follow the hashtag make and decorate podcast. And the show notes and everything else are on my website at stephaniesotadesign.com.
Talk to you next time. Have a good one. Bye-bye.